Happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful that the National League has such great prospects that could contend for Rookie of the Year in 2023. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And just like we did yesterday with the American League, today is the National League. One prospect from every team that can contend for Rookie of the Year next year. Start off with the New York Mets. Uh, A lot of questions about what's going to happen. Does Jacob DeCrom come back? Uh, you know, do they sign Aaron Judge? What happens? But in the meantime, catcher Francisco Alvarez. The Mets obviously think he's ready. They called him up late in the season. He was on the postseason roster. So I think he's a good candidate to break spring training as the starting catcher. Uh, defensively, he's just about close enough to average where you're confident he can be the guy. You do have James McCann or Thomas Nito if you need a defensive catcher. They'll play, you know, once or twice a week. He'll do the rest. But the raw power, I mean, 70-grade raw power, uh, only 20 years old, but just kind of seen as like a, a prodigy and someone that they're going to find a way to get that bat into the lineup almost every single day to have another power threat besides Pete Alonzo. And the Mets have not had a rookie catcher hit 30 home runs since Mike Piazza in 1993. And Francisco Alvarez has the tools to do it. And if he does, and I mean, I think he can, he's probably going to be a shoe-in for Rookie of the Year because, you know, that great East Coast bias, just like we started off with the with the Eastern Divisions last week and this week. So Francisco Alvarez, definitely a good candidate for Rookie of the Year. Uh, for the Marlins, it's going to be a pitcher with the Marlins. It always is. I'm looking at uh, Yuri Perez. So he's only 19. He'll be 20 when the season starts next year, but he's very kind of advanced. He had he was one of the youngest players in AA last year. Despite that, uh, 106 strikeouts in 75 innings. Uh, fastball sits mid-90s. He's got a curveball in the upper 70s. Changeup is in the mid-80s. Good separation from the fastball. A lot of... Really interesting movement to it as it goes. And just has a lot of the pieces provided he can stay healthy. I mean, he is a top 10 pitching, like a top 10 prospect in baseball and one of the top pitching prospects in baseball for a reason. Like him and Grayson Rodriguez are right there tied for the two of them and Taj Bradley for the best pitching prospects in baseball. And I fully expect the Marlins to bring him up and use him next year. Speaking of pitchers getting called up and used next year, Cade Cavalli of the Nationals. So he had some command issues early in the year. He got one start in August and then had right shoulder inflammation and never never pitched again in the regular season. But all the reports we're getting are that his shoulder is good. He should be healthy and good to go. 24 years old. He's got a a great arsenal. Four different pitches that he's comfortable using. I mean, the fastball is probably a 70 grade. You're looking at a curveball and a slider, I would say, are both plus, And a changeup that's above average. Again, controls really kind of your question here. Uh, he, he has 
walked more guys than you would like at just about every single level. And his one start um, was four and a third innings, two walks, six strikeouts, but uh, ERA of 14.54, gave up some runs and stuff like that. Got roughed up a little bit. But AAA numbers over 20 starts, 371 over 97 innings, uh, 39 strikeouts. I'm sorry, 39 walks to 104 strikeouts. Like the stuff is there. Walks, you know, about three and a half walks per nine, but has the tools, has the weapons to get guys out. And Washington's not really contending next year, so they have the runway to let him figure it out at the big league level. Uh, A team that doesn't have the runway to figure it out at the big league level, and a reason why I have some questions, is the Philadelphia Phillies. Your position players, for the most part, are set. You called up Bryson Stott this year, so you've got, you know, uh, Bohm and Stott on the right-hand side. You've got Reese Hoskins at first. Your outfield, obviously, is a Schwarber and a Castellanos and a Brandon Marsh and a Bryce Harper. You've got your outfield set, too. And so it's going to be a pitcher. And we love Andrew Painter on this show. Huge Andrew Painter fans here. I just don't know if it's going to be too soon. Uh, He's had one full pro season. He looked dominant last year. Don't get me wrong. He looked fantastic. It's just he'll turn 20 next year. He's had one year of professional baseball. I feel like he's a little bit farther away. Same thing with Mick Abel. I feel like Mick Abel's a little bit farther away. If you're going to bring any of those uh, young guys up and let them be the fifth guy in this rotation, you know, behind guys like an Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler and a Ranger Suarez, uh, it's probably going to be Griff McGarry. Simply because he's the one that you feel like is far enough along, is advanced enough. Uh, where he can he can at least survive at the big league level, whereas as good as I think Andrew Painter is going to be, and I think Andrew Painter could be an ace, and I don't like to say that on the show, but I just don't know if he's far enough along to bring him in and a contender be able to use him. And obviously, I don't think you have the space to bring up multiple young guys and let them learn on the job because you're contending. So Griff McGarry is my pick, although if it was Andrew Painter, I wouldn't be surprised. The Braves were also surprisingly tough, and for the same reason. I mean, every year the Braves have a uh, have a Rookie of the Year candidate. That's just kind of how the, how baseball works. I believe that's written into MLB's constitution. Has to happen every year. They've had two guys win it in the last five seasons uh, between Ronald Acuna Jr. and Michael Harris. I think it's going to be a pitcher. And when you look at the Braves pitchers, there's a lot of guys who have spent some time up. So Kyle Muller is a guy that I would have loved for this. I think he's got about 46 days just over his eligibility. And so give me a Jared Schuster. It's, I mean, 2021st rounder, made it to AAA last year, throws throws plenty of strikes, uh, keeps guys off the base paths, doesn't allow a, a high opponent batting average, and someone who I trust the Braves to start off probably with him in AAA and or him in the bullpen like they did with Strider this year. And then as injuries come up, as guys need some time, you know, need breaks, or get nicked up, slot him in for a spot start here and there, and then once he begins to impress, which I think he has the tools to do, he can be in that rotation like Spencer Strider was the rest of the season. So give me Jared Schuster. For the National League East, uh, Phillies, Griff McGarry, Nationals, pitcher Kate Cavalli, Marlins, pitcher Yuri Perez, for the Mets, catcher Francisco Alvarez, and for the Braves, starting pitcher Jared Schuster. In just a minute, 
I want to get to the National League Central. Uh, quite a few position players here opposite of the National League East. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Uh, the KBO has finished. Japanese baseball has been All of the baseball in Asia is done. But if you're looking for sports that involve sticks hitting balls, uh, you've got cricket going on. Uh, just, there, are, there are sports out there that involve uh, people hitting balls with sticks right now. Uh, they've got all of that on Bet Online. Or if you just want to stick to the traditional stuff, uh, football, basketball, college and pro for both of those, soccer, hockey right now, uh, the World Cup's going on. So plenty of things to check out. Uh, on betonline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix for whatever sport it might be. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, for the National League Central, little bit different from the National League East because this is mostly position players. You probably heard of a lot of these guys before. Uh, for the Reds, infielder Spencer Steer uh, was a was a made the futures game last year, so as a, essentially an all star for the minors, and then was traded from the Twins to the Reds and uh, for Tyler Molly, but hit 23 home runs in the minors, slugging of like 515. He's to me the best way to use Spencer Steer is like a super utility guy. He can play first, he can play second, he can play third. I wouldn't be surprised if you threw him in the outfield and he was perfectly fine in a corner, but. Spencer Steer, versatile all over the diamond. I see a scenario where he opens the season as the starting third baseman. And then once the Reds decide that Christian Encarnacion Strand is ready, you then have Spencer Steer able to jump around the diamond, whether it's playing at first in lieu of Joey Votto for, you know, here and there, playing at third, playing at second if Jonathan India has more hamstring issues, moving all around. So didn't get enough time this year to lose rookie eligibility. But I think he's a guy that, one, the Reds know they're going to need him next year. So they're going to give him every opportunity to play to hope he can win that award like Jonathan India did two years ago. Now that there's some compensation attached to winning the award for the team. So Spencer Steer is my pick for the Reds. For the Pirates, Quinn Priester missed a lot of this year because of an oblique injury. Uh, Ended the year in AAA, went to the Arizona Fall League has really kind of refined and understood what he does. He's he's figured out that he is very much a pitch to contact and let my defense work. Like, that is my thing. Now, the thing with that, and what makes Quinn Priester a good bet to get Rookie of the Year votes if he's healthy all year, and in Pittsburgh, is he still has some swing and miss stuff. He can still strike out about nine guys per nine innings, and so he's not overly reliant on inducing weak contact. He can also blow it by some guys, get some strikeouts as well. So uh, just getting more efficient, understanding what he's good at and not good at, and still having those tools to fall back on means I think he's going to be uh, one of the better pitchers on the Pirates next year and definitely could get Rookie of the Year votes if he's healthy and up for the entire year. For the Cubs... I've actually said this a few times, but Matt Mervis, the first baseman, non-drafted free agent in 2020. Again, we don't care about that if it was 2020. But last year, made it all the way from high A to double A, was tops with 
like sorry, batted 309, 379, 605. Led the minors with 78 extra base hits. Led the minors with 119 RBIs and led the minors with 310 total bases. Hit 36 home runs in 137 games. Uh, lefty hitter struggles at times with lefty pitching that left on left matchup, but outside of that. He's pretty much the best option for first base. I think he's a better first base option than Patrick Wisdom is. Obviously significantly younger as well. And so I fully expect Matt Mervis to break spring training as the opening day first baseman. Unless you have the outs- like the possible scenario of like a Jose Abreu signing to play first base. And even then, I still think Matt Mervis needs to be up and playing almost every day with Chicago. Whether he's first baseman or DHing. So either way... If I'm the Cubs, I've got Matt Mervis playing every day. Uh, For the Cardinals, guy we've talked about a ton. Stop me if you've heard this before. Jordan Walker is going to be an absolute machine. Uh, They moved him at the trade deadline from third base to the outfield because obviously you have Nolan Arenado. He didn't opt out, so he's here for a while. And Jordan Walker has taken to the outfield well enough where it's not slowed down his, um, his ascent to the big leagues. He did well in double A. He did well in the fall league. And the Cardinals, more so than any other team, use the Arizona Fall League as like a finishing school for their prospects. That's where you go right before you debut because they just want one other look against some different pitchers you haven't seen before. And if you look capable and look like you can absolutely handle it, they're going to have you in St. Louis. And I think he's going to be one of your opening day outfielders uh, in either left or right for the Cardinals. If I had to guess, I'd say probably left, but I think you could play either one. And either way, Jordan Walker is going to open the season as an outfielder in St. Louis and to me as one of the favorites in the National League uh, to be Rookie of the Year. For the Brewers, ton of outfielders as we've talked about on this show before. Esturi Ruiz has experience at the Major League level. Jackson Churio has the highest ceiling. Sal Frelick is probably the most spectacular talent. I like Garrett Mitchell to be the guy. We saw him get up some this year. We saw the speed is absolutely top of the scale. There's very few guys have an 80 grade anything. But Garrett Mitchell looks as fast as any player that I have seen in a long time. And so, incredibly fast. Still hit for power. Plays plus defense. And so even when they do call up a Sal Frelick, you still probably are going to have Garrett Mitchell in center. And I think he hits well enough where I just, for some reason, I like him over Sal Frelick to be the guy to get the Rookie of the Year votes for Milwaukee. Maybe it's the fact he's already been up a little bit. He's had a little bit of of, uh, experience, not only in the high minors, but in the majors. But either way, I like Garrett Mitchell as a Rookie of the Year candidate for the Milwaukee Brewers, but if you told me Sal Frelick or Shuri Ruiz, for that matter, were the guys to get votes, I wouldn't be surprised either. In just a minute, I want to get to the National League West. A couple slam dunks here as well, including two of the favorites to open the season as Rookie of the Year uh, right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So, uh, looking at the National League West for Rookie of the Year candidates, I've already eaten the crow on this. Corbin Carroll is one of is going to be the favorite for National League Rookie of the Year. It was on me. I thought he had more than 32 games uh, in the bigs last year when he got called up. But he is one of the 
another one of the fastest players in baseball. He actually, on StatCast, hit 100th percentile in speed. He played phenomenal defense. They had him in left. He can play center. Perfectly fine. He reminds me, the, the profile, and this is not a comparison, not a comp, but the profile reminds me a lot of Michael Harris. A guy that, uh, very speedy, very good defense and center, very good contact ability, little bit of lingering questions about power, but he had a slugging of 500 over those 32 games last year. He hit four home runs, and so I think he absolutely has the talent to do it. And if he plays a spectacular center field, he won't necessarily have to hit for a ton of power. He probably won't have the most home runs of anybody on this list. But I still think Corbin Carroll's probably right now your favorite for rookie of the year. Uh, Right behind him, I would have third baseman Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers. They're going to have openings in third base and in the outfield. Uh, Justin Turner, I believe, was an, is a free agent. It's probably not coming back. You're going to have some openings in the outfield because Cody Bellinger's gone, so you may have to move Chris Taylor to center, some other stuff. And so between third base and the outfield, he's going to play somewhere. But in 113 games in AAA last year, 304, 404, 511, 17 home runs, 16 steals. He hit that magic 300, 400, 500 slash line we always talk about to identify a dude. He did that in triple A, not in single, not not in high A, not in rookie ball. He did that in triple A. They called him up late last year, didn't have a ton of opportunities to play, but he's in a scenario where he's on the same team as Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Max Muncy. He's not going to be asked to carry the offense. When he he's not going to be immediately thrown into the cleanup spot or batting third or leading off. He's going to be able to bat fifth or sixth, or seventh, and not going to have the pressure on his bat that a lot of young top prospects for teams do because the Dodgers are the Dodgers. And they have, even without re-signing Trey Turner, they still might be uh, the probably the best team top to bottom in the National League to open the year next year. So love Miguel Vargas. Think he's going to be one of the three favorites for the award, along with Corbin Carroll and Jordan Walker. Uh, and expect big things from him, provided that you know he starts off hot. He's got a good understanding of hitting, uh, really good raw power, but it's something where a contending team, you don't have a ton of runway for a guy who's struggling to figure it out. So he's going to have to come out hot to start the season for LA, especially if the Giants go out and sign Aaron Judge. Speaking of the Giants, the guy that I think is the best bet for them to get Rookie of the Year votes is the best left-handed pitching prospect in the game, Kyle Harrison. He led the minors in strikeout rate, 14.8 per nine innings, and strikeout percentage. He struck out almost 40% of batters he faced between high A and double A. Uh, Was a third rounder in 2020 out of high school. uh, 271 ERA last year, 186 strikeouts in 113 innings. It was high A to double A, but I absolutely feel like they're comfortable with him making the jump from double A to the bigs. Might not open the season in the rotation. Might start off in triple A, but probably right around the Super 2 deadline, that's how this works, you'd see him get called up and put into the rotation pitching every five days. Again, maybe a situation like a Spencer Strider where they start off with him in the bullpen 
where his fastball that's already mid 90s with a lot of run can um, can play up a little bit, you know, sit 90, 96, 97 instead of sitting 95, 96. Uh, it's got that power slider to go along with it. But either way, I fully expect Kyle Harrison sooner rather than later to be up and be uh, in like p- pitching on a regular basis and doing well in San Francisco. For the Padres, this is tough because the Padres have moved a lot of talent out of this system. Uh, the Josh Hader trade, the Juan Soto trade, they've shipped a lot of guys out. The guy that I do like, though, because he can play a lot of different positions and he's gotten a little bit of time, is Eggy Rosario. So somebody that has above average speed, really good arm, and the defensive chops to play anywhere in the infield. Uh, not incredibly huge, 5'9", 160 or so, but he's played short, he's played second, he's played third. I think if you end up having, if they end up having to move Jake Cronenworth to first base, you have an opening for Eggy Rosario to be the starting, um, the starting second baseman. And if not, if they, if they figure out a different option for first base, whether it's a Josh Bell, whether it's reuniting with one of the other first base candidates out there, I think Eggy Rosario is a good candidate to move around and play a bunch of different positions, be a super utility guy. Again, another guy you can probably throw in the outfield and, he would, and he'd be able to get by as well. Uh, he, can, he can get on base well enough. He has good enough contact ability. Uh, he can steal some bags. He can play defense for you. It's, it would be very much like Brendan Donovan was for the Cardinals this year. Played outfield, played infield, uh, got in the games five days a week, was defensive replacement a couple times, and did enough to be third in the National League in voting. That's the track tip for Eggy Rosario to have a season and get Rookie of the Year votes is play all over the diamond almost every day, just at different positions, and string together a good enough on-base and contact ability, add some value with his legs on the base paths to get Rookie of the Year votes. Don't like think he would win, but I could see him being a top-five vote-getter if everything broke right for San Diego. The team that I really kind of struggled with in this group for the National League West was the Rockies. I was looking at, so there's Ezekiel Tovar, and it seems kind of slam dunk, right? They called him up late in the year and didn't necessarily look amazing at the big league level. Minor leagues, uh, 71 games, 319, 387, 540. He only had 71 games because he had a groin injury, missed a bunch of time, but uh, looked really good offensively in Hartford with the yard goats. And then the defense could absolutely contend for a gold glove this year. So I like what Ezekiel Tovar could bring to Colorado. There's a little bit of a lingering question about what's his true offensive level versus what he showed in the small sample in the minors and what he showed in the even smaller sample in the majors. Still a little bit of question about which one is more accurate. And I think you do also have a challenge from Nolan Jones. So was just recently moved from the Guardians to the Rockies. And a situation where he can play third base, he can play outfield, but he's got tons of power. And that power is going to play in course field. And so part of this is going to depend on what happens with Chris Bryant, how healthy is he, and where does he play? Does he play left field? Does he play third? Does he play first? As far as where can you use Nolan Jones? Because again, he can play third. Uh, you don't need him at first. You've got plenty of options at first between Montero and you know, just tons of guys there in Colorado, but third base or outfield. Either way, I think Nolan Jones uh, has the power potential 
if everything clicks right and he takes advantage of the friendly confines uh, of Coors Field to hit for a bunch of home runs and get himself into the Rookie of the Year conversation. Fantastic week this week. Um, Enjoy your Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for all of you who choose to listen to the podcast, who send in your questions, who leave us comments, reviews, all of that. Thank you so much for that. If you have questions for the mailbag, remember, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, enjoy the holiday. And this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. (laughs) 